Hey there. Before we get started with this episode, I want to let you know that if you need support right now, you can scrub forward to the last part of this podcast around the 23-minute mark to access my down-and-dirty psychic self-defense meditation. Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. Don't you hate it when you realize you haven't been following your own expert advice? The other day I was talking with one of my mentors. When I commented about how I've been recently struggling with how to reconcile my incredible good fortune and abundant life with all the pain, suffering, and injustice in the world, she came back and said, Jennifer, this is an empath problem. Part of me thought, really? This again? Then she said, you are wide open. Your filters and shields need to be reset. Part of me knew she was right. Part of me was willing to accept this truth and ready to do something about it. Part of me resisted and countered with the thought, but this is my zone of genius. I know this. I already established my filters and shields. I could also feel another part of me shrinking with this story inside of me that her feedback somehow implied a deficit on my part, and maybe I'm not as on top of my game as I'd like to think. At the same time, part of me could simply acknowledge that I hadn't been paying attention to obvious signs, and she was merely pointing me in the right direction. Lately, like a number of my clients, I've been noticing I'm feeling more emotional and sensitive. My tolerance for violent, scary, or unpredictable movies and TV series have been dialed down to 20% capacity. Seriously, all I can tolerate these days is Good Witch episodes, Lucifer, and Grey's Anatomy. I'm not quite sure how Grey's Anatomy falls into the category of benign, Maybe it's because it's so formulaic. Maybe it's because the characters are engaging. Maybe it's because it's consistent. But bottom line, my ability to watch thrillers, monster movies, or anything apocalyptic is next to nothing these days. For example, the other day we tried to watch a new thriller on Netflix. At about 20 minutes in, I just tapped out. A dog got hurt off screen and I was done. When I'm already feeling vulnerable, I can't fully detach even when something is fictional. I simply can't handle movies or TV series that are too scary, too intense, or too unpredictable. Even if part of me knows I'm watching a movie and I remind myself this isn't happening and it isn't real, empaths have heightened mirror neurons in our brains that react to what we're witnessing as if we're feeling it ourselves. So when I am already depleted, overwhelmed, and feeling vulnerable, my capacity to distinguish between fact and fiction on an emotional level becomes compromised. During periods like these, 
I'm much more likely to think, oh my God, this is going to happen. If I watch a war movie, an aliens attack movie, or God forbid, a zombie apocalypse movie. As you might know from your own experience or imagine from listening to me now, this is exhausting. It's stressful and leaves an aftertaste that can last for days. On top of the awareness of not being able to tolerate violent, random, unpredictable stories, I'm also experiencing increased sensitivity to loud noises and jarring transitions right now. Unfortunately, I've also noticed that I can be more reactive and bitchier than usual. In addition, I've been grappling with family beliefs about injustice, inequality, and the unfairness of this world. Instead of floating in divine grace and compassion, I must admit that during the last 18 months of the pandemic, I've been slipping into worry and concern more times than I'd like to count. What I realized is that there are three things driving this bus. The first piece is some really old, and I mean really old, past life and ancestral stuff. This includes karmic vows to behold and take on the suffering of the world and to siphon off the pain by absorbing it myself. The second thing driving this bus is already feeling maxed out and overwhelmed. When my bandwidth is low, I have little motivation to take the time to reboot and restore my filters and shields. I'm already stressed out, so adding one more thing to my plate, even if it's good for me, is more than I want to deal with. That's the second one. The third has an interesting twist because it's about not fully allowing myself to feel safe and filled with unwavering gratitude for the life that I'm blessed to live. This, in many ways, goes back to the first one. But at its core, it's about allowing myself to embrace a kinder, gentler reality. The pushback I get to face is, because there's so much pain and suffering in the world, who am I not to struggle? Who am I to have a life I love? Who am I to have a loving partnership, a safe roof over my head, food in my refrigerator, electricity, internet, and physical health and safety when there are so many people who are sick, starving, and struggling. You see, ever since I was really, really little, I've struggled with confusion about why some of us are so fortunate when other people are not. It's never made sense to me. I'll confess the whole you choose the life you're born into and we all create our own reality thing, has always seemed like a convenient way to spiritually bypass the need for social justice, environmental restoration, and holding perpetrators accountable for their actions. But the other day, as I was meditating and walking down my driveway, I was talking to spirit, and I asked, hey, what's the deal with my ambivalence about wealth and good fortune? How does this work? They immediately offered me an interesting reframe. They said, we give you these opportunities. We give you this life. We provide the resources so that you can make a difference in the world. We've created the space so you can actually fulfill your mission. We've blessed you with this. Then they drove it home by saying, it's actually a waste for you to stay under the radar and play small. 
Then they showed me this image of a large garden where all the good plants were choked out by weeds that had taken over. Then they said, As long as people like you do not embrace the abundance, resources, wealth, and success we're offering you, the weeds get to take over the garden. Silence and hiding means your presence cannot take up the space that negativity and toxic messages are filling now. What all this boils down to is that my filters and shields have become depleted, and I've been rather lax in restoring the robust layers of protection I'd become accustomed to. The thing about filters and shields is that, like a car or home, they need regular upkeep. We can't just set them and forget them. I'll never forget this cautionary tale about my long and dearly departed friend KD when she destroyed her fairly new Nissan. She was in her late 20s and knew nothing about car maintenance. After tooling around the suburbs of Boston without a care in the world, she was just driving around happy as a clam. KD's car broke down. When she took it to the shop, she learned that the engine block had cracked to the point of no return. Obviously, she was filling the car with gas, but she didn't know about changing the oil. She didn't even know about adding a quart of oil. So, eventually, her car literally came to a grinding halt. Because there was no lubricant in the engine, the engine block completely seized and cracked and died. Her car was totaled. I suppose the silver lining in this cautionary tale, which hopefully it will also help you, is that Katie's misfortune inspired me to establish a consistent habit of getting regular oil changes. Because I witnessed the consequences of the alternative, I've had a plan for ongoing car maintenance from the day I purchased my sky blue Chevy Nova hatchback at the dealership in the spring of 1988. So here's the thing. Filters and shields work this way too. And as with a car, frequency of use mileage, circumstantial and environmental factors all determine how often we need to bring it to the mechanic. The same is true with empathic and psychic protection. In times when stress is low and the path is smooth, we can get away with less maintenance. However, when circumstances heat up and more intensity starts piling up on our plate, our filters and shields need more support. After two decades of relative grace and ease, I'd become accustomed to my fairly stable pattern of life. Things were pretty good. I wasn't taking in a lot of water. I wasn't noticing myself feeling a lot of the psychic and empathic overwhelm that I used to take on constantly. Then, a bunch of personal and global stuff started to happen. Here's my litany. In November of 2019, our dear pug Bob died and my dad is hospitalized. Then, in December of 2019, two days after my birthday, I slip and smash my head on the back of a propane tank and sustain a concussion. Now, I will say I was incredibly lucky because as concussions go, this one was really mild. Yet even this one required avoidance of screens, more than a few minutes of reading or writing, and bright lights for a few months. In hindsight, I can say its gift was to prepare me a couple months ahead of our entire country going into lockdown. 
Then, in March, in the first week of lockdown, our 19-year-old cat Lyra died. On top of that, nearly everyone was starting to freak out because of the uncertainty, conflicting information, and the polarization that was happening with COVID. I imagine that you can agree, wherever you are on the spectrum, that the pandemic has been a stressful time for nearly everyone. In addition, the U.S. was preparing for the 2020 presidential election, which, let's just say, was a tad stressful. Then... In May of 2020, my 86-year-old dad died from COVID. So by the time all of these things had happened, I had taken a number of emotional, mental, and even physical hits that all affected me. However, it didn't really occur to me that my filters and shields had gotten compromised. Even though in hindsight I can actually see the red flags, I didn't at the time. Now I can recognize how I was starting to get worn down when I was feeling more anxious, more worried, and more concerned. I started over-identifying with movies. Watching the news was nearly unbearable. And as the COVID surges crashed in waves across our planet, I found myself waking up in the middle of the night feeling as though I'd been plugged into an electrical outlet. I'd lie in bed with my heart pounding out of my chest, wondering what tragedy was coming down the pike. Yet, part of me ignored the invitation contained in these telltale signs. I was treading water while helping others to keep from spinning out. It felt like I didn't have the time to dedicate 15 to 30 minutes a day to amplifying my energy and boosting my filters and shields. Instead, I found myself perseverating over social, political, and environmental problems, which were way, way, way above my pay grade. I believe as human beings, we really do have the ability to take action that impacts the world for good. But there's what we have the capacity to impact and what's outside of our scope of practice. I know I can help to change the world one empath at a time, one EFT practitioner at a time. I teach people how to be absolutely spectacular EFT practitioners and amazing healers. I help people to see things that they haven't been able to see themselves. I often say we can't read the label from the inside of the jar. One of my superpowers is reading the label for you and pointing out those funky ingredients in small print that you might not have even noticed. This is my job. Figuring out world policies, reversing global warming, and turning thousands of years of misogyny and racism around is way beyond me. Just like you, all I can do is my part. I sincerely believe that a big piece of the work for all of us lies in addressing inner triggers, dealing with our own personal trauma, and if we are called to help other people, with their trauma too. I've also come to believe that dealing with ancestral trauma is a huge part of what is going to turn our world around. As long as we keep carrying the trauma around and passing it from one generation to the next, we're destined to repeat our inherited patterns of dysfunction and distorted perceptions of the world. As long as we carry trauma, we are easily triggered, we get depleted, and then we cannot stand in our power. Then we get sucked into people-pleasing and agreeing to things that are not in our best interests. 
We say yes to things we should say no to and allow problems to escalate instead of cutting them off at the pass. With inherited trauma playing in the background, we struggle to stand firm in our boundaries or to stick up for ourselves and for other people. Because I'd been working with grounding and fortifying my filters and shields for more than three decades, I knew what needed to happen. But I'll admit, part of me didn't want to take the time or put in the effort to patch holes in my energy system and fluff up my aura. There was a petulant tween within me whining, no fair, I already did this. This is kindergarten stuff. Do I really have to go back and do this again? Part of me knew it came down to taking the time to do this or submit to increasing distress until I did. But the thing is, I also know when I'm overwhelmed, and I'm kind of imagining you might be able to relate to this, I need to start with stopgap solutions to drive out of the skid before I'll have the bandwidth to do anything more thorough. So I'm imagining that if I'm going through this, then it's likely other empathic peeps are too. So I figured I'd share Jen's down and dirty psychic self-defense protocol with you. It's seven basic steps. First, I'm going to tell you what's involved. Next, I'll lead us through this because I could certainly use it today and I imagine maybe you could too. Step one, ask yourself, what have I taken on that isn't mine? Step two, send the extra stuff back. You can say something like, I give this back to you, I forgive you, and I release you. Step three, breathe into your body and feel yourself being held by the earth. Just really feel your connection to the earth. And I really love letting gravity take over and just feeling how I am literally supported by the earth. Step four, send your awareness down to the very heart of the earth. Take a moment, check in, and ask for the support you need. Then draw that support up to you by inhaling and letting it fill your body and your energetic core. This is how you go to the well to get replenished. Step 5. Exhale the extra energy and light you have just absorbed into a cocoon of light and protection around you. You inhale the energy of the earth into your body and into your energy system. Then, you exhale it around you to build up your filters and shields. Step 6. Tune into your connection with Divine Source. I invite you to connect with your own personal higher power. Breathe in that light and wisdom. Identify the place where you carry this. Use your breath to amplify and expand this energy through your entire body. For example, I carry my connection to Divine Source in my heart. So when I tune into my heart and I breathe into the light, then I can let it ripple out beyond me and expand in waves of light and energy around me. I continue to breathe and let the light fill me up into my whole body is radiant. And here's the thing. Nature abhors a vacuum. That's actually the entire point of Chapter 7, Connect, in my book, Empathic Mastery. Because when we connect to Divine Source and we fill up with positive energy, there is no room for negative energy. This circles back to the image I shared with you earlier. When you have beautiful, big, 
gorgeous plants growing in a garden, there's less space or opportunity for weeds to take purchase. But if we don't connect with divine source and just leave a void instead, unfortunately, all kinds of weird, wonky negativity can easily creep back in because there's space for it. Step seven, take a moment or maybe three or four to abide in the light. Connect with your awareness of the indwelling presence of divine source. Then ask your inner guidance, what do I need to know? Then listen. In my experience, if you ask that question and pause, something will come to the surface. It may not make sense at first, but it will come through. It may come as a sound, a word, a thought, a feeling, an image, a sensation, or it may come through as an innate knowing, but you will get an answer. Sometimes you may not like the answer. Sometimes it may reveal things that you don't feel ready to truly address. This reminds me of when I used to do tarot readings for myself. I'd ask a question about something that I wanted a very favorable answer for. Honestly, usually it was about romance. And I'd laid out the spread. But if the cards didn't reveal what I hoped for, I would decide that the cards were gobbledygook because I hadn't shuffled them correctly. So I'd gather all the cards and reshuffle. Amusingly, most of the time, I'd get many of the same cards in the next spread. This is why I rarely read for myself anymore. I leave that to other gifted intuitives who have absolutely no investment in the outcome. Perhaps the most crucial part of receiving guidance lies in being willing to accept it. If we're going to ask the question, we need willingness to embrace it. And, you know, God bless us, sometimes we simply do not have the willingness to be willing. The beauty is that we can always pray for willingness to be willing to accept the answers. Okay, so now I've shared all of the steps, and I'm going to invite you to do this exercise with me. But I do have one word of caution, which is if you are driving or operating heavy machinery, please hit the pause button and return to this podcast when you can tune in and close your eyes safely. Even if you keep your eyes open and you're driving, I'm leading you through some trancey energy work right now. This tends to take you outside of your ordinary awareness of the earth plane. This kind of experience invites you to dwell on a different level of awareness. This is not conducive to driving well. So, if you are driving or operating heavy machinery, then please hit the pause button and come back when it is safe to do so. So right now, let's just take a moment. I'm going to invite you to join me in taking a deep breath. What I want you to do is just put your hands over your heart, close your eyes, and breathe in. And as you breathe out, what I want you to do is just notice whatever you're carrying around 
And if you're feeling any tension or worry in your body, breathing in and then exhaling and letting go of any hecticness, letting go of any tightness and just noticing what you're feeling. Now we're going to do this three more times. And as we do it, I just want you to assess yourself and notice what's going on. So we're breathing into this awareness, breathing in to our bodies and into our awareness, and then breathing out any hecticness, any worries, any concerns. Breathing in calmness and ease. And breathing out any distractions, any worries, any concerns. Breathing in gentleness. And breathing out any last bits of tension or worry that you may have been carrying around. And from this place, I want you to take a moment to scan yourself. Scan your mind. Notice if there's anything pushing back against you like those but, 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 or those yeah, but, any of those worries, anything that is coming up and just tuning into yourself and sort of like you're riding on a train and looking out the window and just seeing things in the landscape, you can just acknowledge that yeah, but, as though it's a billboard that you're just seeing. And especially right now, noticing if there's anything that you're carrying that isn't yours. And let's just take a moment and ask ourselves, what have I taken on that isn't mine? Let's ask that question again. What have I taken on? What am I carrying that isn't mine? And I'm just going to give you a moment, maybe two, to get really clear about the answer. Now, as you're more clear about what you have taken on and isn't yours, it's time for us to send the extra stuff back. If it's to a specific person, then you can send it back to that person, or you can at least send it back to the universe. If it's a situation, then it's sending it back to the universe. And you might say something like, I give this back to you. I forgive you and release you, and I let this go. And if you're like me, you might need to say something like, it is safe for me to let this go. So if your eyes aren't already closed, close your eyes, and with your hands over your heart, just breathe in. And then as you move your hands from your heart, release it and let it go. 
breathing into yourself to collect the extra energy that you no longer need. And then exhaling and moving your hands forward like you're offering a gift back to the universe and sending this energy back to its source. You might say, I send the energy that no longer serves me back. I send the energy that is not mine to manage to the universe. I release everything beyond my responsibility. I send all things that are outside of my scope of practice, outside of my wheelhouse, outside of my job description. I send back all the things, all the energy. I send it all back to the source from where it came. I forgive it. I release it. It is safe for me to let this go. So let's just say that one more time. I'll say it and then you can repeat after me. I send this energy that no longer serves me. I send the energy that is not mine to manage back to the universe. I release everything beyond my responsibility. I send all things that are outside of my scope of practice, outside of my wheelhouse, outside of my job description. I send back all the things, all the energy. I send it all back to the source from where it came. I forgive it. I release it. It is safe for me to let this go. Now, what I want you to do, since you have let all of that extra stuff go and given it back to the universe, I want you to breathe into your body and really feel yourself being held by the earth. Breathe all the way down to your feet and breathe into your whole body, breathing in your awareness and connection to the earth. And as your breath meets your seat, feeling the surface beneath you, I really want you to feel how the earth is rising up to hold you. Give in to gravity. Let gravity take over and allow your body to be truly held. Let yourself feel what it's like to be on this earth and let yourself feel the earth truly holding you. If you're seated, Feel the surfaces beneath your buttocks, maybe your thighs, maybe your feet. And if you're standing, feel your feet on the ground. If you're lying down, feel your whole body being held by the earth 
Let yourself float on the earth. Let the earth carry and support you. Breathing into that feeling, letting yourself feel held. Breathing in and feeling how you are supported. Breathing in and then exhaling ease and grace around your body. Breathing into your connection with the earth and then breathing it out around you. And now as you are more connected to the earth, I want you to join me in sending your awareness even further down to the very heart of the earth, to the very core, to the consciousness of our mother earth, to the soul of our planet. We all know it. There is a part of us that absolutely knows this heart. And so I want you to really send your awareness down to the heart of the earth. And when you reach that awareness, when you can possibly even see that molten core of light in your mind's eye, I want you to take a moment to check in and ask for the support that you need. Really let the earth know what's going on for you and what it is that you need. This is a time to be selfish. This is a time for you to really focus on what you need, not when anybody else needs. This is the time where you get to put the oxygen mask on first. Because we can't give from an empty cup. We can actually give so much better from an overflowing cup, as opposed to trying to share when you're running on fumes. We must be filled up in order to serve well. So this is your time to check in and really ask for what you need. And I'm just going to give you a moment to just really check in and ask for what you need. And then when you're ready, I want you to use your breath and draw the energy of the earth up to you by inhaling and letting all of that nourishing, loving energy fill your entire body, your life force, your energy system, your whole light-filled core, just breathing in and drawing all that energy of support up into you. Breathe it in and let it fill your whole body. Then as you exhale, you get to extend that light and that awareness out beyond you. Breathing in the light and then exhaling and letting it extend even further. Inhaling and filling up and then exhaling and letting it reach to the furthest edges of your body, 
and even beyond. And we're going to do this three more times, breathing the energy of the earth, drawing it up from your feet into your whole body, and then exhaling and letting it expand to the edges of your whole being. Breathing in through your nose and drawing the energy to you again. Exhaling through your mouth and just letting it fill your body even more. Fill yourself with light. Draw the energy of the earth up into you. Exhale and let it expand beyond you. As I'm doing this, I can see this combination of red and green light. And as I am filling with this red and green earth energy, I'm just breathing in that energy and just feeling myself filled with more and more light. I invite you to keep breathing and notice what you notice. And as you breathe out, letting it expand beyond you. Now that you've really made that extra connection, what I want you to do is breathe the energy of the earth up into you. And now I want you to start breathing that energy out around you so that you're not only exhaling it to the edges of your body, but you're actually exhaling the extra energy and light into a cocoon of light and safety all around you. I've always thought of it as like making cotton candy, where we're blowing this beautiful filter of light and safety around us. So we're drawing the energy of the earth up and then blowing it out around us. Breathing in, taking in the energy, and as we exhale, we blow a cone of light and safety around us. Breathing in the support and exhaling a cocoon around us. And we're going to do three more rounds of this. Breathing in the energy of the earth. Exhaling through your mouth and blowing the cocoon of light and safety all around you. Breathing in the grace and ease and support of the earth. And exhaling the light and safety all around you. Drawing in what you truly need. And then exhaling this beautiful web of light all around you. Really taking this time to fortify and build up your filters and shields. Really drawing the energy that you need in. And then exhaling it all around you. Because from this place of fortified strength, from this place where your filters and shields have been rebooted and recharged, I want you to take a little bit of time 
a moment or two to simply abide in this energy to abide in this light just well in this glorious energy And when you're ready, I invite you to ask your inner guidance. What do I need to know? Breathe into that connection. And then breathe it out around you. Breathe into your awareness of that divine connection. And notice where you hold it in your body and really connect to it. Again, asking yourself the question and that divine connection within you, what do I need to know? And now I want to invite you to take a deep breath, breathing into your body, breathing into your awareness of the here and now, taking whatever time you need to complete your conversation and your connection with divine source. And then when you're ready, I want you to come back to be here and now with me. Just breathing into your awareness of the now, coming back. And I'm just going to count to five. And by the time we reach five, you'll be back here completely and fully. One feeling more and more aware of your surroundings, being aware of the sounds, the air, your sense of the space you are in. Two, feeling your body, feeling your body in this space, maybe moving your body, just coming back in. Three, if your eyes aren't already open, letting your eyes flutter open and just really noticing where are you, what do you see? Four, really feeling yourself here and now, breathing in that light that you are working with and really feeling yourself bringing it back with you. And five. Welcome back. So what did you notice? What did you realize? And what might 
guidance be calling you to do now? Just take a moment to really think about those questions. What did you notice? What did you realize? And what might guidance be calling you to do now? I hope that you are feeling restored with light and energy the way that I am right now. The good news is that since you've boosted your energy system and enhanced your connection to divine source, you'll probably find it easier to do a longer, more detailed exercise. And the cool thing is, you can find an example of this in the protection chapter of my book, Empathic Mastery. I share detailed explanations of how our filters and shields work, and I give you a step-by-step -step guide through my life-changing earth-sky meditation. Seriously, this is the thing I've been working with for almost 40 years at this point, and it has truly changed my life. I just get myself into trouble when I stop doing it. Also, when you purchase the book, you'll gain access to my Empathic Safety Kit. Let me tell you, this e-course is loaded with useful tips, tools, and resources, which includes a recording of the EarthSky meditation that you can download, and then you can use it whenever you need it. Now, it dawns on me that it might help if I let you know where you can actually get a copy of the book, and that's by jumping over to empathicmasterybook.com. So, if this meditation has spoken to your heart, you can find all kinds of additional support in my book, and that will then lead you to my gift of the Empathic Safety Kit. So jump on over to EmpathicMasteryBook.com to grab your copy, and then come on over and sign up for the Empathic Safety Kit. Okay, so before I sign off for this episode, I've got two questions for you. First, how do you know when your empathic safety has been compromised and your filters and shields have been breached. I'll repeat that. How do you know when your empathic safety has been compromised and your filters and shields have been breached? Second, where, when, and how will you make space for the ongoing care and feeding of your empathic soul? Let me say that again. Where, when, and how will you make space for the ongoing care and feeding of your empathic soul? What are you going to do differently? How are you going to take care of yourself in a better way? I'd really love to know your answers. So please leave a comment over at empathicmasteryshow.com or whichever platform you're hearing this on. As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. 
We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please, don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards. <laughs>